0: I have a uh, Google Home Mini in the bathroom. So I'm like, "Hey Google, play play Weezer. Play Weezer playlist or whatever." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, Weezer Radio." And it went through like
1: <laughs> Good ears. Google hey, Google, Home <laughs> "Hey Google,
0: stop." "Hey Google, stop."
1: My my <laughs> own my own worst enemy was it the song? Yeah, that was uh, lit. Yes, my own worst enemy. Which I was listening to that song a few weeks ago too. Oh man!
0: What's up, everyone? This is Anton from the Papa Culture Podcast. I am father to Jenny, which is six years old. And what's your name? What's your name? Alice. Alice. Say it louder. Um Alice he I twelve. You're twelve you're, th- you're not twelve. <laughs> 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 How old are you? How old are you, Alice? Wait, should we
1: start over?
0: No, we don't have to start over. How old are you,
1: Alice? I'm
0: um, free. Free? Yeah. yeah. He's free. So yes, I am the father to Ginny and Ellis.
1: And I am John, father to Malcolm, who is officially three and a half.
0: All right. So we're doing something a little bit different today. Um, We very rarely get to record in person, which we are doing right now. Across from me is John, and uh, to John's right is Ginny, and to John's left is Ellis. And... um, they may or may not be um, on this podcast with us.
1: <laughs> so uh, definitely will be.
0: They will definitely be somehow. here. They may or may not be fighting during this. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a bad move to leave the maraca yeah. on the on the kitchen table. Uh, anyway, the Pop Culture Podcast is a discussion. Uh, About pop culture, TV, movies, sports, uh, through the lens of fatherhood. You know, we discuss uh, whether or not uh, being dads impacts how we consume everything that we consume. So, during our last episode, I briefly mentioned that there was this Facebook post from uh, an old college friend who actually went back to school um, for some music-related degree. Mm-hmm. And he's doing this huge research paper uh, about music. I'm not exactly sure what the thesis is going to be, mm-hmm. uh, but he had this series of questions that he kind of wanted a, crowd, crowdsource, a crowdsource response yeah. to. Yeah. And when I saw it, it made me really think about kind of music. And it was a really good prompt. So mm-hmm. I asked him if it was okay to kind of post it, uh, those questions, just kind of as a prompt for us to maybe discuss. And um, yeah, so basically that's what we're going to be talking about today. The first question is, what was your favorite genre of music in your childhood? And what is your favorite genre now?
1: I guess it did it- It depends on the age So Through The end of elementary school My favorite music Was probably Specifically Bon Jovi (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a genre It was just pretty much Bon Jovi
0: But That's why You hella to like Raise your hands in the air When uh Live on a prayer comes on
1: Yeah It it It's a spiritual song (laughs) It's like church Uh (laughs) But I guess I will say, growing up, uh, when music meant or helped define me more, was hip-hop. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I would say that when I was in elementary school, it was basically whatever my parents had on the radio, right? Mm -hmm. I remember my mom getting the new Michael Jackson albums like when Bad came out mm-hmm. um, and Janet Jackson, Rhythm Nation, 1914 came out. I remember having that CD and always reading through the liner notes and listening to all the lyrics, and that was just always on, on repeat. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was m- more pop. But I think one, once I got to like... Yeah sixth seventh and eighth grade it ended up becoming hip-hop r&b and then i got into djing i was introduced Mm. to djing so it was whatever the djs that were playing all the time that became kind of what i liked so not only was it like hip-hop and r&b but it was also like early dance music like Mm. freestyle Mm. um and really early house at that time right um Yeah, and I think that kind of lasted th- through college mm-hmm. and maybe a little bit after because because I was a DJ.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Well, what about genres now? Has it changed?
1: Well, R and B was part of it too. I mean, whatever was whatever was on the radio in terms of KML back then, for sure. Right in the late '80s, early '90s. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, then expanding whatever it was, whatever I, w- it was that would define R and B and hip hop to me. And so, as a favorite, I would probably say it's it stayed the same, even though that's all really relative to the week or the situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's perfect that thinking about this question or th- these questions and thinking about recording while. Ellis and Ginny around is because the type of music I listen to regularly is going to be defined heavily by Malcolm being around for sure. And there's some music at work and all that stuff we'll talk to, but there's a favorite that's still, I would say it's definitely still hip hop because when I when I listen to hip hop that I love and even new stuff that not, not necessarily like contemporary, but just new things I hear mm-hmm. that sounds like the type of hip hop that I would like, yeah. it still hits yeah. like the soul. Yeah. So that, I set up a radio with Gangstar or whatever. Or I, I, it was something else. It was it was Hip Hop Hooray because I was teaching Malcolm how to do the, the, the hands Hip Hop array thing. Right. Which he was doing. And so on that radio playlist, there was a full clip, I think, from Gangstar. Yeah. I think it's the name of the song, and I was just listening to it, and then hearing kind of like uh, that DJ premiere beat relatively freshly. Even though I've no, I've heard that song before, but hearing it fresh, first time in a really long time, it still was like in my in my bones and in my like you know, yeah, I was still feeling it, yeah. So I, I would say that's still the most kind of like esoteric thing.
0: Okay. Like, yeah. Okay. As far as my favorite genre now I probably would say it's probably still hip hop but nothing I haven't evolved with hip hop though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. as hip hop is evolving, I've I'm less and less interested. Although there are, you know, certain things here and there that mm-hmm. that might be cool. Um, and I think that because I'd grown up being a DJ and kind of like whatever was popular that people would always love to dance to, like I always kind of had my ear to the ground Mm -hmm. to that. Right. So that's kind of, I was always kind of like in the know a little bit about, kind of what was what was popular and Mm. sometimes that impacted like my 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 taste you know what i mean yeah um like for example uh i think i mentioned this on on in previous episodes too but when i started watching insecure it really got me into Mm. kind of r&b which i hadn't really listened to for a long time yeah right like maybe late 90s, early 2000s with like the groups like 112, Jagged Edge and Mm. like uh, Drew Hill and all that stuff. That was probably the last time that I was listening to R&B regularly. And then I just kind of dropped off. Um, Sure, there was stuff like Alicia Keys. John Legend. John Legend. um, And things like that that I would... You know, I would really, I would like, but I wouldn't stay in that genre. Yeah, right. Um, but once I'd hear the soundtrack to Insecure, then I'd, I'd start listening to like LMI or LMA or H E R and H E R. Yeah, right. Um, Filipino. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I kind of like started playing those playlists a little bit more, Khalid, yeah. you know, all that stuff, too. Um, okay, so the next question. What inspires or attracts you to listen to that particular genre of music? And I guess that's your favorite, I guess, mm-hmm.
1: right? What it does now. Yeah. Well, you, you talked about DJing and that was that was a functional reason to stay connected to the music. Sure. For me, hip hop was always, well, hip hop was a big piece of, uh, you know, identity formation, Mm -hmm. you know, especially, you know, with us growing up in the late eighties, early nineties and establishing wherever we place, if, if, if for whoever was making this like, going through that process of, I was trying to figure out where I I fit in that kind of like pop culture landscape in terms of like racial identity. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was always something that kind of informed me about things. But it also always gave me a reason to be connected to other people. So some of, uh, one of my best friends in high school, we would always talk about hip-hop song and finding a new song, you know, because back then no internet. So it was all through word of mouth, rap pages, newspaper, vibe, you know, like it was yeah. all through print and word of mouth and college radio. Mm. That was the only way to hear new mm-hmm. songs that weren't mm-hmm. going to be on KML or nine Uh And then through college, it was that. And I remember having the best conversations about hip hop, totally drunk with people, random people that was like the unifying thing. Like, no, this song is so, you know, whatever. But it was also, uh, it was a foundation for, um, again, identity where I was writing a lot more. So my friends and I were writing like a story, like we totally were writing all this stuff in like these old school, like message boards (laughs) on Unix. Um, and listening to music was part of that process of writing, so whatever whatever I was feeling in terms of hip hop was how I was kind of writing in terms of style. Mm-hmm. You know, so everyone has a different kind of flow or whatever, right? So if I was listening to Tupac, maybe it was a little bit more like narrative, and um, listening to hieroglyphics, there was a lot more about like wordplay, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's how it, that's how my writing came out. So now why do I still listen to it? I don't listen to it as much. Okay. I definitely have been listening to a lot this week as I've been kind of like, um, grinding out stuff that I have to do for, I'm going to be in, have a long work trip this upcoming week. And there's like a lot of computer work I have to do putting together fact sheets and all that stuff. And it was like tedious work. And so I didn't really have to think too much, but so I, I put on a bunch of different kind of like hip hop, um, songs just to play. Okay. And so usually now when I give myself a space to actually listen to music, particularly hip hop, it's to, um, just to, to maintain some kind of, uh, momentum in terms of, vibe okay yeah yeah yeah. or if i'm in a deeply like kind of like a pensive or political space (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah
0: Yeah, i mean i would i would say that i'm inspired by i want to be inspired uh i want the music to inspire a mood for me right Mm -hmm. so i mean but let's be real it's really like hey i'm going to be cleaning for the next hour and a half yeah you know, what do I want to listen to, yeah. right? Like, what kind of energy level do I want to have? Yeah. You know, more recently, it's been the R&B playlist, right? Mm-hmm. And then I'll just, that's pretty chill, right? right? You know, you can just clean yeah. to that. But I'm always on Mixcloud, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm always listening to 90s, R&B and hip-hop throwback mixes all the time. And, you know, it cycles through the same... Most of the mixes I listen to cycle through the same 50, 60 songs. Mm -hmm. But the sequencing is different, right? And I don't know, maybe it's just my ear as a DJ. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Like, a lot of DJs are making throwback mixes right now. But, like, how are they what's their thought process of transitioning from this song to this song to the next song. And again, it's like songs that I all, I know all the words to yeah, and, yeah. um, and, and things like that. Uh,
1: yeah. And it, it, the thing with, so the places where I would listen to are going to be, if I'm driving for a long time, which doesn't happen anymore as much because our commutes are pretty short because I bike to work or take the bus. Right. And usually I'm listening to podcasts.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Um,
1: and then other times would be at work. And the thing is, uh, I don't think people would mind, but I still don't like to play hip-hop loudly mm-hmm. if there's people in the office because I don't know what their sensitivities are. Sure. Uh, and then so, like, on Friday night, everyone left. I was the last one at the office because I was still putting together folders. And I felt so freeing <laughs> that I could just play the play the music from the speakers, even though it was just my phone. Mm-hmm. And then also with listening to certain music with Malcolm, I'm not super picky about like how much cussing is in certain things, but then if it's like, there's some songs where it's, it starts off with vulgarities and like stuff, then that's the stuff he's going to pick up on. Right. Like if, for sure, if there's a cuss that's in the middle of like the 16 bars or whatever, he's not going to hear it. But if the first word is <laughs> if that's what, F, you know, whatever F F-N,
0: and yep. F N word. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And
1: so that's where it would be more like limited. Sure. Which in a sense, also why hip hop parade is pretty safe. <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of limited con, l- the context of where you're listening to is, is very much uh, influences the kind of, music I'm going to be listening to yeah.
0: this next one is how accessible was music to you growing up were you able to afford listening to music did your parents play music when you were growing up? What technology did you use to listen to music? What technology do you use today? Uh, so I'll start. Um, I would, again, going back to my earlier question, uh, the, my earlier response about, like, my parents, they like music, but I don't think they were necessarily passionate about it, right? Mm-hmm. And so... They wouldn't play music around the house because, oh, I really, my, my mom or dad really loved the song or whatever, right? Like, again, it was Michael Jackson, maybe Janet Jackson, and maybe they'd play it mm-hmm. if the TV wasn't on or something like that, right? Uh, as far as affording listening to music, mm-hmm. I mean, I I guess I would if it was my birthday or Christmas and I wanted to buy a wanted a particular CD they would get it for me uh as a gift but I don't ever remember um wanting to buy my own music until I was maybe in 8th grade mhm mhm you know uh it wasn't generating a lot of money but maybe I would buy like Casingles or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Dennis Bantugan who—that's what he—he he responded. He what? said he would buy he would buy Casingles. What is a
1: Casingle?
0: I had a I had a shoebox in my yeah. car of just Casingles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know Casingles were tight though because they had some remixes yep. that you probably couldn't.
1: Ever get Yep So Oh anyway
0: Um Yeah I guess I had Did you ever have a Like a Walkman or Discman man? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about Minidisc Do you have mini disc? No Neither did I No I almost bought one Yeah Cause I was like Oh it's recordable It's like oh really Oh right You know what I mean That right. was like the Um Yeah But never 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 had a mini disc. You had iPod or some
1: sort of. Mm -hmm. So I did you have like a Zune? No, I I had the. You
0: seem like a Zune guy. (laughs) Because I have Android.
1: (laughs) No man, Um, my (laughs) my path to of portable music was a Walkman. Okay. Um, with digital radio settings, so it wasn't like an OG thing. And part, you know, part of this is seeing that my sister had one. You know, yeah, she's four yeah. years older, so you know, you you want what your sis- your older siblings might. I don't know, like, you, you may. Um, and then I didn't get a CD player until college, and so I was walking around Davis with a man bag with CDs. Mm-hmm. And a CD player mm-hmm. And my headphones um, And then after that It was a iPod The first time I ever saw an iPod Was actually through Your wife <laughs> <laughs> Way, 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 way back when When she was in Grad school Oh, okay And then That was the first time I ever heard of an iPod And then I got one Never a Zune I did, however Did have a SanDisk uh, MP3 player
0: Yeah, like like small silver ones or something? It was
1: black And it was oh. cheap And Mainly I got it Cause uh I forgot why I got it But I brought that to the Philippines Instead of an iPod Cool It was probably a better idea anyway Probably
0: <laughs> uh, What about in your car? Like what kind of uh When, when you were yeah. First driving Or Through college Like What were you listening? What did you have in your car?
1: The my first car was a hand-me-down, which was also a used car. It was a 1983 Honda Accord. Okay. Loaded. But it was also jacked. EX? <laughs> um, I, I forgot. But then it had, a, it had a tape player. And the cool thing with it is that it had um, the, you know, the high technology of uh, fast-forwarding and finding the pauses. So it would stop at the pause.
0: Nice. Nice.
1: High technology.
0: Uh in my car, what did I have? Oh. So when I had my first car, I think I had a I I got a stereo. I got a like car car stereo. Were you ever into car stereos? No. Yeah, I wasn't really into it until I wanted a in-dash CD player, mm. I think. Yeah. I did get like a aftermarket car stereo like a mm-hmm. Kenwood or something like that. Yeah. As a for function, not not because I like oh dude, I want like 18s in my trunk or whatever, mm. right? Nothing like that. Um
1: was it one of the fancy ones that that would lift up the f- the panel, and then the CD would the CD player yes, access was. was in the back. Yes, okay. it was.
0: I had the this Kenwood that actually like flipped over. Hmm. So, like when y- when you turn the car off, it flips, so it doesn't look like you actually have a car stereo face.
1: Yeah. Um. Well, when we're talking about like where you find music back then fries was the place to fries them. or Warehouse or wherever but it was like a finite amount of music that you would find mm-hmm. so that if you well I liked buying music when I was in high school um, I didn't buy music really when I was younger I mean sometimes there, like, there was some Bon Jovi CDs, tapes sorry <laughs> not CDs, of course. Bon Jovi tapes. my first my first music purchase through my parents at the flea market, though, was a bootleg of Raising Hell run DMC. Okay, and then my second one was a bootleg of Michael Jackson Bad. Okay, uh, but anyway, the there was something liberating about having a finite amount of music at that you're accessible to, right? So, sure. whatever was released, that's what you had, and mm-hmm. even with cassette ca- ca- singles, with cassette singles at Tower. two for five dollars there's only certain music that's there so you have to decide that's that's what you're gonna get if you're gonna buy it yep versus again this whole process like with digital music is that you have everything everything dude and so that you you know like everyone the joke is that you you have netflix and you spend an hour trying to flipping through all the categories and you don't you end up not watching anything because you spent an hour flipping through all these options Right. Yeah,
0: for sure. My first CD I got for my birthday, it was, I think it was my, I think I was in seventh grade, maybe sixth grade, but it was like Public Enemy, Fear of a Black Planet. Hmm, nice. Except I didn't really listen to Public Enemy. Who <laughs> mean, my dad bought it Oh, I think my, my dad took my brother, my younger brother and said, Hey, pick something out for him. And this was when I guess the p- parental advisory, explicit lyrics things came on. Mm-hmm. So we're like, Oh, let's, let's get that because it has <laughs> that and public enemy. Like it looked, the album cover yeah. looked pretty cool. Yeah. And, um, I was like, okay, I opened, I was like, cool. I was like, I I I've heard of them, but I don't think yeah i I would like it yeah. You know, I ended up listening. That was the one with was that the one with nine one one is a joke?
1: No, that that is a uh.
0: It, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. Yeah, is that one? Yep. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that was my um that was my first.
1: CD. That was period? my first
0: CD. Yeah, yeah, man. That was weird.
1: The first CD I ever bought was the College Boys.
0: The College Boys. Yeah,
1: they're a rap group from Houston, I think. Interesting. It was on sale at warehouse. Back when CDs would come in the the box.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I got yeah, man. I remember getting...
1: My one one joke was on Fear of a Black Planet. Okay, okay. Yeah. That,
0: that It must have been that. Okay. Anyway, uh, the box CDs. That was a thing. I remember getting Nice and Smooth album. Hmm. Black Sheep, A Wolf in Sheep's
1: Clothing. Mm-hmm. Dope album. Yep. Really, really dope. It, that one holds up, man. It does, dude. The, the beats hold up. And Drez holds up. Yeah.
0: No. Real talk, man. Real talk. I'm going to start playing that again later.
1: Like, Nice and Smooth holds up in terms of, like, nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But Greg Nice's lyrics don't hold up unless you're... Unless he was in on a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but Drez. For Lyrics-wise. Sure. And delivery.
0: Absolutely, dude. <laughs> Absolutely. And, uh... Chia Lee's on that album, too.
1: Yeah, free um, Chia Lee.
0: Yeah, free free, <laughs> free Chia Lee. Uh Nice and Smooth, that album, Sean Combs was one of the producers on it.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Is that why Nice and Smooth ended up doing a a single with NKO TV? What? Yeah. No. Yeah, I don't know if it was both of them, but like when... New Kids got repackaged To NKOTB Right Uh, I think Nice and Smooth Was on a song with them Oh crap Let me uh, Let me verify this
0: Speaking of NKOTB One of my Singles Was Donnie Wahlberg And Seiko The Right Combination Nice I remember That single It was Black and White I think it had Donnie in a leather jacket Seiko was probably in... What was she in? Some lace thing?
1: In KOTV. And nice and smooth. Dirty dog. All right. So, let me answer number three. Music was pretty accessible to us. Music was a pretty big deal to my parents. So, I think that helped infuse the importance of music. Like, listening to music or consuming music was to me. Uh, They would... Um. I, I think I mentioned. I think it was the first episode that we recorded of that I remember listening to. You know, dubs of uh the Beatles on tape that my dad will listen to. He actually installed a radio, a, a tape deck in his truck, and so it was the uh, Sergeant Pepper's, mm-hmm. and so that's like the my introduction to the Beatles and the other stuff. Um. And so I remember always listening to like these tapes of like, whether it was Christmas time or when my mom would be cleaning, she'd be listening to certain music, Mm
0: -hmm. like
1: TV would be off. She'd be blasting music. And then, you know, so that kind of had that culture of listening to music at home. Um, I talked about buying music more in college, in, in high school, um, and what technology do you listen to? I think we talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that already. Yeah. And ma- majority of it is occasionally I will bust out a CD, but then now it's kind of like, why? Because then I have everything on my right. phone. Yeah. Um, the thing I do miss about CDs is that, again, like kind of the, the limit of 80, 80 minutes right, or 750 megs of music <laughs> um, is that you had to choose the songs to put on there
0: for, for right? sure for, for the sure. playlist
1: you could just add however many 500 want, songs on there and then you end up listening to the one song that you really want to listen to once and you end up flipping through everything else yeah right yeah
0: yeah and then imagine how the cd players at a certain point in your car or whatever could actually read mp3 files as mm-hmm. opposed to yeah. burning it as like a as yeah. a WAV file or whatever, right? Yeah. With regard to kind of music discovery now mm-hmm. for me, uh, I have to say that a lot of it is social media. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it's also like YouTube. Like, So there was a period where I would find all these covers of songs and you know sometimes these are legit artists who are performing these covers just to kind of get views and maybe build an audience that way yeah and i think one of the a band that uh i really liked was is this band called Pamplemousse which if you remember a few years ago they did they got booked to do like a whole bunch of like Hyundai commercials. So they were kind of like Mm. quirky, kind of uh, light and airy kind of sound. Yeah. And their band has, using YouTube, has kind of transitioned into this weird space. So that, you know, they would do all these covers, they would do original songs. But then now what they do is they've got this Patreon account mm-hmm. and this patreon allows them to basically hire a bunch of artists to play and make songs mm-hmm. and a lot of these are like really really good covers a lot of them are mashups um again some of these aren't really original so I'm, i wouldn't say it's like oh i'm discovering this new band this playing cool music but it's yeah i'm discovering stuff that I like to hear. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like um and also with social media, like Tiny Desk Concert mm. from NPR is really awesome. Yeah. You know? So I'll see bands that I've been fans of for a while. They play this because like, oh yeah, and it'll kind of like bring me back to their uh, to allow me to revisit like their stuff. Mm-hmm and then I'll see like Lizzo on there, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh, cool! Like, what else is this this lady about?" Right. Okay. Um, in terms of music discovery for you, mm-hmm. do you have like a go to place for that, or is it still kind of like word of mouth? Or
1: mm-hmm. it is. I want to say. Social media, but I'm not exactly sure how. Okay. But one one place where I do hear of artists for the first time is through SiriusXM. Okay. And so there's usually... There's usually five to ten channels that we'll listen to regularly in the car when when, whenever we choose to listen to music that's not something that we're choosing for streaming um and so that's the first time i heard of daniel caesar who did a song with her Mm -hmm. um which i was listening to that album a lot yesterday and then there's another person named calvin richardson I don't know. He's an R&B singer. Hmm. He has a very throwback kind of voice and a little bit of throwbacky kind of a uh, sound. Um, and I just heard that random song on the radio on it, Sex M the other day. And I thought, oh, it's, it's super new. And then I checked and he's been around since 1999. Oh, wow. And I don't know if he's from Canada or whatever, because Daniel Caesar's from Canada. Yeah uh and that song that i listened to wasn't even on his most recent album it was two albums ago so it, it was it was not super old but it wasn't like 2000 it was 2017 or something like that so
0: i think one of the things that i miss most about la was kcrw mm. which was a independent mm. publicly funded um station and during the week there's a show called morning becomes eclectic Mm -hmm. and it's uh, the, the DJ and the selectors were really good about that that curation Mm -hmm. of music. And then they would have people come in and uh, bands play like indie bands come and play. So there'd be like a quick interview and then they would Mm -hmm. bring them to the studio. And, that is a great way to just kind of get new fans right yeah. like sometimes uh they would do the interview first so you kind of get an idea of what this band is about like yeah. what the artist is like and how they think about their process and and that was really cool and then you hear them play yeah and it's like it doesn't even there were there were some bands where i'm like I'm not really into this genre, but because of the context of hearing them talk about their style, their influences and how they, you know, mm-hmm. how they compose their, their music. Like I was like, okay, cool. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll start to listen to yeah. them or it'll make me like, okay, well what else sounds like this? Yeah. You know, um, I do appreciate the streaming services and, Kind of, hey, if you like this, try this. Yeah. you know, I,
1: It's interesting you bring that up because I was actually just thinking about that earlier in one of the questions because um, we were talking about like the, the situations that we're listening to music. And with streaming services, I feel like Pandora is the best at mixing up the mixes. Hmm. Where if you do start a radio with Gangstar, it's not going to be Gangstar and four or five other artists, and they're just basically doing all their songs, and then maybe a sprinkling of other people. Where their human, I mean, their music genome project of where Pandora first started, yeah, actually works. Whatever their algorithm is, to actually develop a A well, a well curated, yeah, AI mix of that genre, and there's obviously there's pluses and or thumbs up and thumbs down or whatever that case is that help kind of curate it, yeah. But I feel like because I listen to music mostly through Google Play Music, okay, because I have a subscription to it, and when I do the radio for that, for the most part, it's fine because I'm usually only listening to that radio for 20 minutes and so you're only getting at most seven songs mm-hmm. and so it's cool enough to kind of cover whatever that whatever your vibe is at that time yeah um and even though they google bought whatever that app was that uh did some kind of curated music for your mood like oh i'm working right now mm. um and i forgot what the, whatever that app is. i will have to look it up yeah i don't remember And that was pretty good. I thought that was pretty good. Um, The reason I bring that up is because I realized a few months or a few weeks ago, I was listening to Master Ace Born to Roll like three or four times that day because I it played on Sirius XM, Rock the Bells, radio, Mm -hmm. and I realized in all those like all my like 90s hip hop radio that song hasn't come on because i haven't listened to it in a long time really and so whatever my ai is or whatever is that it'll lean towards whatever you've been listening to right um and so that that effectively pushes out some of these songs which is what it is for other radio stations anyway Uh
0: I will add on to this question is uh what do you play music for Malcolm a lot?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh in terms of what he requests or what I want to, him to listen to? Basically you. Um we like to introduce fun songs for him because we know that that's the only way he's going to want to listen to music that's not Pj masks, right now, or right now he's also into some like the Disney Junior songs, um and some now he's going to sleep usually with D- Daniel Tiger, which we were listening to before, and so Hip Hop Parade was one, because I forgot what we were, I think something popped up and he's learning you know hip hop dance moves, and then I was like, hey, you want to listen to Hip Hop hooray and then it's easy because then he just you know move his hands left to right and it's really cute how he does it because it's so offbeat and kind of awkward but it's really cute um so that's the kind of like we try to find the fun whatever it is it's not sometimes it's hip-hop sometimes it's like some pop song so some of his favorite pop songs are um vanessa carlton
0: I heard of this. Migos,
1: Bad and Bougie. Migos, <laughs> Bad and Bougie. That was just for a few. Uh, yeah. So things that are like, there's like patterns to it and like kind of sing songy. Um, and so we kind of just try to in, in, introduce things. Like you know, I think I mentioned it before. One of my uh, pride, pride and joys was him actually getting into some of the rent songs. Okay. rent Yeah, yeah, yeah. I rant. remember. I remember that. Yeah. How about you,
0: we don't really play a lot for them. It's like if Tessa and I want to listen to something, we'll just play it, mm-hmm. right? Um, we'll get vetoed. Like, for example, in the car, Long Trips, wherever, like Tahoe, we're like, okay, guys, no kids bop for you. We are going to listen to Mommy and Daddy's Jams. And yep. it was like some mix on mix cloud or it's going to be like 90s R&B. hmm playlist on Apple Music or whatever, right? Um, Yeah, so I thought that I would be playing music more Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. But you know, there are certainly albums and bands that I love. But at the end of the day, I don't think it really matters if they like it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you always see stories of people are like oh man when I get a kid I want I want them to I love this thing I want them to just be totally immersed in it yep I'm not really that I'm not in, into that yeah. same thing with sports really like right if they decide that they like it like and if they happen to you know like the Warriors or like basketball then sure mm-hmm. I'll, I'll kind of help push them along that, that way. But I don't know. I'm not really that into forcing them because I like something. Right. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: Yeah. For us, it's mostly what can we introduce to change the soundtrack for the day?
0: Okay. So so that
1: we don't have to listen to all the kids songs. So that he can, yeah. I mean, I guess we could always just force him to listen to it, but that would just be a more less pleasant ride.
0: (laughs) You know, I have to admit, and this is probably because I'm like super washed, but, you know, Kids Bop actually does keep me in tune with Mm. kind of what, people are into yeah. Right now. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. And maybe this is a I'm not sure if I want to dig let's digress. Let's digress. But like pop music, there was a period of time where maybe this was probably early to like probably my twenties where it was like Liking pop music was like frowned upon, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. particularly because you know I was uh, I was a DJ, so obviously I had to know what the pop music was, like Britney
1: and and Sync pop music,
0: yeah, and that and like who was, uh, yeah, maybe Britney and Sync, um. And probably when Taylor Swift was coming out, mm-hmm. like when she first came out, yeah. and um, even like Will Smith when Willennium came out, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. um, I remember the DJs around here would like call that jiggy stuff, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, um, which is like the super main mainstream poppy mm-hmm. sounding stuff. Um, but I don't know, like. I don't think I've ever really hated pop music. I think it was just a show, <laughs> just to like yeah, you know, to let people know that like, hey man, I like the indie stuff. <laughs> like I, I want to be a hipster, right? Like yeah. um Oh, I guess the upshot of that is really just I'm not mad at pop music right now mm-hmm. because of Kids Bop, right? Yeah. It's funny cuz there's there's so many songs that I'll hear on Kids' Bop that the Ginny and Ellis will Will sing And it's like Oh okay I kind of The melody's nice And You know I can see how How catchy it is And then I'll hear it At like a coffee shop later I'm like Oh shit That's what the original song Sounds like Oh yeah Mm -hmm. Like Ellis is into um, How Do You Sleep I think Sam Smith Okay You know and then, uh, it's pretty funny. That's like his favorite song. Um, yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah. And then there's like Dua Lipa and Halsey. <laughs> you don't know these? Maybe when, uh.
1: I may have heard them, but I don't know the names of them. Yeah. I'm not against new music. I I, I think we're kind of jumping into like things. I know. Um there's certain hip hop that I can't listen to even though I tried. Like, I listened to, I tried to listen to Travis. Travis Scott. Travis Scott. That, um.
0: Apparently baby is is big. I don't, really? Yeah.
1: There was that CD that, or that his album last year that a lot of people loved or whatever and like it was, but I was trying to listen to them like I just wasn't feeling it and that was, I think I talked about it here. I was trying to listen to Post Malone after last year's Grammy and I'm like, it's not bad, but he's not really rapping. I don't know like, if he should be considered a rapper because he was pretty much just singing everything.
0: Yeah, but it was like a trappy beat, so maybe that kind of yeah. is what helped.
1: And I'm cool with trap beats. I like trap remixes. Sometimes, on, not so much recently, but on Pandora, I would just throw on, play trap music. And just yeah. have some fun um, yeah, but anyway i I don't um
0: well, with post Malone, I don't know too much about him, but mm-hmm. if you track all his hits, mm-hmm. it's going less from hip hop into more like yeah more pop yeah, right yeah and I'm wondering like if he's following a trajectory where like, okay. He'll kind of get in on the hip hop and then start to like mm. kinda like what Pink did, right?
1: Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And I but, think people just change their interest, right? Yeah,
0: that's true. I mean well, I, I, I guess the difference with Pink was like that was back in major label days where you couldn't independently produce. Like if you wanted right. to make it big, you right. got you had to
1: do the pop R&B thing.
0: You had to do what the label told you to do, yeah. right? Like, yeah. Um, and we'll probably get more into that later um, with the questions. Okay, let me see.
1: How often do you listen to music? And is this a change from when you were younger?
0: I'd say I listen to music less now,
1: mm-hmm.
0: particularly with pod, like with the rise of podcasts. Mm-hmm. But I will go through phases for yeah. sure. Yeah. Like, I'll listen to music for a week, week and a half, and then I'll catch up on podcasts. Yeah. And then, you know, there's only certain podcasts that like I'll always always listen to. Yeah. But, I mean, I would say that my behavior for lis- listening behavior is similar with podcasts and also music. Mm-hmm. Like there'd be a, a stage where like, Oh, I'm always looking for new podcasts to listen to,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: you know? Yeah. And then there'd be also a periods where I'm always l- looking for like, Oh, what'll let me see if there's any new yeah stuff that I want to yeah. try and get into or whatever.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, same with me. I, I talked about like usually the times that I, when I would listen to music or podcast, and it would just be through idle time or if I'm working. But a lot of times, if I'm working and I need to listen or think about things, I can't listen to podcast, and I can't listen to certain music same. that has a lot of like content to it. Um, and one of the song, one one of the things I listen to a lot in terms of like when I'm working, and need or when I just want to calm down is the Princess Bride soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah.
0: I don't think I ever really got into listening to soundtracks. Although I will say that there was one period where um, I would put the Titanic soundtrack on just to mm-hmm. fall asleep. <laughs> and then if it got to like, my heart will go on, that means like, okay, I stayed up way too long. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, man, if I'm not asleep, my, my heart will go on. Then yeah. I, I need to get up and like yep. do something else.
1: I may or I'm may not, not have bought volume two because I may or may not have liked volume one so much.
0: I probably bought volume two. <laughs> but that was when I was like, I was working inside Fries. Oh, you used to work at Fries. Of right. I did not work at Fry's I worked for Bose, the speaker company. Oh, but I was the rep, and I was stationed at a Fry's okay. I'm hella defensive about that. <laughs> did, I did, did not.
1: I did not work for Fries. When bro. people went up to you to ask a question, you just say it's over there and walk away, and just like, ignore them.
0: I'm like, excuse me, I work for Bose. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me. Do I have a white shirt on? No, I do not.
1: You sound like you worked at Fries. <laughs> what are your likes and dislikes about today's music compared to music in the past?
0: Oh, yes. I can. We can we'll probably go long on this. <laughs> uh, so this is probably because I'm a DJ mm-hmm. or like I grew up kind of that as being my hobby. So for me, how I... What I relate to DJing is the crowd dancing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but dancing with each other or with friends mm-hmm. right like um, so I've always had the most fun when I'm on the dance floor or when I'm DJing is when like people are dancing with each other that's mm-hmm. what I'm used to right mm-hmm. um, so for me music needs to be upbeat mm-hmm. like the The slowest is probably like 92 beats per minute, but anything above that is like um, kind of the right tempo to actually be moving. Mm-hmm. Right now, the trend is with the trap beats, mm-hmm. super slow, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Slow kind of droning mm-hmm. sounds. And when I imagine like being on the dance floor with those songs, it's just like dancing with someone, it might be boring. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, that is my, I don't know if it's a beef, but like, that's what I noticed about it, right? Like, I don't think the music these days, particularly in hip hop, mm-hmm. um, is conducive to people dancing with each other.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: And with EDM being really big mm-hmm. and like the, kind of the production of a DJ, like, you know, the clubs that I loved going to when I was younger, you don't, you you might not even see the DJ. Mm -hmm. They're upstairs, in a booth, in a dark room, Mm -hmm. which means the focus is the music Mm -hmm. and the connection you're making with your dance partner or your friends or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Just like that moment. But once they start putting the DJ up in front Mm -hmm. with lights visuals behind them that are matching to the music like it's the dj your eyes are like completely focused on them so everyone's dancing having a great time that's great um but everyone's facing like one direction like they're a performer right right surely they are like i'm not trying to like yeah diss edm djs or the the new style but I, i i understand that Things evolve, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's my biggest disconnect. Mm-hmm. Is you know, um, if do you remember uh, that thing you do?
1: The movie. The movie. Yeah, I haven't watched it at all.
0: Well, anyway, there's like, there's a scene where the band is playing a slow song, like a ballad, mm-hmm. or whatever, and like the the they're playing at this restaurant. And then there's like a dance floor in the middle and nobody, nobody's dancing. They're just really bored. And then this kid comes up and he goes, you know, how are we supposed to meet girls and dance mm-hmm. if we're not actually dancing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, again, for me, that's kind of what, and that was back in like the 60s, right? Yeah. So, A band's job was to play music so that the the folks can dance Mm -hmm. with each other, with the friends, have a good time, right? So that's changing. And then at some point, I guess, you just want to watch the band and everyone's watching the band, right? So I guess there's this correlation of this DJ that's just kind of there to help build this connection And then now you're connecting with the, the audience is connecting with the DJ themselves, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I noticed about kind of the music industry these days. Like when that, that transition. Mm
1: -hmm. Hmm. I think, I think my, the reason why I don't connect with a lot of, like contemporary like pop or not say pop but like top 40 hip hop mm-hmm. unless they happen to be like deeply hip hop but then still make it like Kendrick Lamar is uh the it seems kind of like overproduced I shouldn't say overproduced they have their own style now, with like doing a lot more. Sure. Versus when you listen to a lot, like let's talk about Gangstar, where obviously I think contemporary hip hop, like contemporary MCs, the ones that are actually really good with lyrics, their the the complexity of their lyrics is like way beyond anything that guru ever did but with the beat being a lot more simpler and um even you know and people can, can just say it was, it was a sample and basically just looped with a few transitions here and there sure it was but it had that kind of like whatever sound to it and then the delivery and the the complexity of lyrics was not as complex or like the, the structure and then the, the content and the uh, whatever was not as complex. And even like with Kendrick, who I love that's why some of his songs aren't as like, they're not single. They're not singles as much as they are. You have to listen to the whole thing to really get a capture, like to capture the whole experience of it. Um, And that's, I think that's why I wasn't connecting with some of the other.
0: I mean, I'm sure there's also something about clearances for samples now. Mm-hmm. Like it's probably much harder than it was in the. Yeah. Especially in like that yeah. golden era where it's just like. Yeah. Whatever you find, just put it on. Right. Right. Particularly all the. Yeah. Like all the deep, deep, deep cuts and yeah. deep breaks. Right.
1: I don't think people need to live in the nostalgia in terms of whatever, but I think there are producers that can recreate that kind of like a jazz beat and then loop it Mm -hmm. or uh, an old 60s or 70s R&B or soul song and then flip it, right, Um, rather than what you necessarily hear mostly on, like, the radio. I don't listen to the radio, but, like, as a, as popular hip-hop, you know? Because I was listening to um, these guys from the Northeast called Apathy and Self-Titled um, out of this crew called The Demigods. And um, so they're, they're pretty much like battle rappers. They're punchline rappers. Um, and I've been into them since I heard of them in the mid-2000s. But I was listening to their most recent album as based off of what I was listening to and the the beats I love because a lot of them are kind of like this more like a melodic kind mm-hmm. of R&B style um even though their their lyricism and their delivery is much <laughs> is really rough like um like aggressive um so people can still do it but that's quote unquote underground hip-hop right you know or independent hip hop and not necessarily uh mainstream whatever and that, that's not a blanket thing because i, I like jake cole i think whatever his cd that or that album kod whatever was really good mm-hmm. um but in general when i don't connect with contemporary hip hop it's because of because of that like there's um in terms of my ears, it's a lot more complex than I want to hear. It's like, I want to hear a story. I want to hear whatever. I want to hear some lyric. I want to hear some punchlines. lines. I want to hear some story. And some folks are way too maybe talented. They're like <laughs> really, really complex with, right you know, their mm-hmm. structure and their delivery.
0: I was watching this video, uh, about, uh, Childish Gambino, Redbone. Mm-hmm. And they were talking with. It's an interview with the producer, and he's basically deconstructs that beat and explains how he did it. Mm-hmm. The thing about Redbone is it kind of does sound kind of like throwback and kind of like classic, like soul mm. um, and kind of funky slow funk, right? Mm. But there's hell of technology in that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So. You know he's he's playing like this vintage guitar, mm-hmm. like vintage Stratocaster, mm-hmm. and then it records. And then he's doing hella shit to it, yeah. And then adding different layers, and like it's really interesting. And I'm wondering if that ties into overproduction. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, at least our interpretation of yeah. overproduction, yeah. right?
1: I mean, they're talented, like they're super talented. Super talented. And then they can, they structure things with, they can hear things, they could do all these different things. And that's great. But that's kind of a barrier if you're not, if you're used to listening to other kind of like, let's say for R&B, you're listening to other R&B for, it's, it's, a, it's a comfort food, right? It's a mm-hmm. comfort song, right? And then it's a, those are, those are the songs that would hit at the end of the school dance where you're like, I want to dance with that girl or boy or whatever, right? And it's, like, simple versus now, like, each song is, like, super cinematic, which is cool for the folks that like it. But if you're used to or if you like listening to R&B for that purpose, mm-hmm. then it gets a little too much. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like we were listening to Jodeci. Um, Was it Can I Talk to You? Mm -hmm. Oh, Come and Talk to Me. Come and
1: Talk to Me. The remix or original? The hip
0: hop. The hip hop. Like that beat is super simple. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like super simple. Piano comes in. Yeah just vocals yeah. right like that's all it is yeah. you know well i mean it sounds like the common theme is that like the how we respond to stuff it's always compared to how we responded mm-hmm. to it when we were younger mm-hmm. right like it occurs to me that are we just always going to be disconnected particularly with music because it's like so emotional i guess mm-hmm. right mm mm-hmm. Because like, there are the films that I grew up loving. Mm-hmm. Technically, not complex, not yep. simple. But then there are films now that are really complex, stylistically, mm-hmm. visually, you know, that really resonate with me. Yeah. Um, that I like love. It's like, oh, dude, this is yeah, this is really good. Yeah. I'm curious, like what it yeah. is about the music that creates that disconnect, you know?
1: Well, I mean, music. One music is shorter, right? A song is sure five yeah, minutes, yeah, Versus yeah. experiencing a film, it's an experience. I mean, it, you're it, investing, it, yeah. Experiencing is like it's the active. That's the active part of it is that you're experiencing something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But with a song, and I think it's harder too with like because of streaming it's harder to listen to an album as an album. Sure. You know, now it's like a collection of songs that happen to be in an album. But like when you buy a CD or a tape, you're listening to the whole thing unless you skip through it. But for the most part, you have to listen to, to it, especially if it's a tape. Right.
0: Yeah. And then, you know, like what used to happen before because we were listening to the radio all the time mm-hmm. was that, songs will get played over and over and over yeah. again. And like yeah. there's maybe that's also a part of it. Like you're talking about film as an experience where you're like investing all this time. Mm-hmm. Like back in the day when you're listening to a song, it's like, Oh, maybe you didn't like it in the beginning, but every time you're listening, there's, you're experiencing different things. Yeah. Like, you know, you find out that the girl that you like, really loves that song. Right. And then you're like, "Mm, okay, maybe I don't hate it anymore. And, you know, so there's, because with streaming, you don't like a song. All right, I'm out. Yep. Yeah. You don't don't have, you don't ever have to go back.
1: Right. You know? Right. Um, And, yeah, and then endless playlists. And then, now, I don't think, I don't think music means as much to us as 40 year olds as they did back then. Like, if we heard a new song that was like, oh, this song is hella dope, but it's not going to have that same meaning to you unless it was like, Jenny's dancing to it and it's the first time she's do- she does something in ballet and yeah. she um, really loves it. Then that song means something to you. Right?
0: That makes sense, yeah. But
1: back then, everything, every song meant something to you because of crushes, because of you defining, I mean, we talked about this before, but, like, us defining ourselves, music that you carry over from what you used to listen to when you were younger means more than what you would listen to now. Now it's something that's like, oh, that's fun to listen to. Oh, I really like listening to that music. And now it's like, what? how often do you dance to music? Like, how often do you get really, like, physically invested in the music and not like for peloton or not for like a run but like really into having fun with dancing with tess right right it's at weddings and usually there are Arabs. it's it's,
0: it's like throwbacks yeah
1: and actually i was gonna ask you like if i I feel like everyone has this from like growing up because like if you did listen to music as a teenager then there are going to be songs that's still kind of like get you at the gut when you hear it, especially if you haven't heard it for a long time. Like what is like one quote unquote breakup song, R&B breakup song that still gets you regardless of however you, I mean, you don't care about any of these people that that relates to because you know, you're, you're married and happy and have kids. Right. But I already know. Yeah.
0: This wasn't related to a breakup though. Yeah.
1: It's just, it's it's a breakup song. It doesn't matter if, um,
0: could this be love, uh, seduction?
1: Um,
0: mm. I'm actually looking at the lyrics to "Could this be love" right now, dude.
1: Why I listen? I, I just listen to it. Could this be love by Seduction? Yep. My bad. Not That's why. not it, dude. No, here it is. <laughs> 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 Oh, damn for me it's uh before I let you go or before you walk out of my life by Monica oh yeah that's a good one too that would that one always like brings it back to yeah yeah I remember at a time when I wouldn't listen. We can do to a whole it. episode. I know, just like
0: breakup songs, bro. <laughs> we could do it. Maybe we'll just interview people. Maybe that's what I'll do uh, when I'm hanging out with the homies next week and be like, "Hey, man,
1: if you can make people it's just, cry, it's just
0: all dudes, all dudes in Tahoe. Like, hey, man, what's the uh, what's your number one breakup song, bro? Like, what's the one that makes you the saddest?" <laughs> on instagram the other day we went to tahoe a few weekends back and kids had a great time in fact they barely fought which was like hmm hmm you know and um, maybe
1: you should move to wyoming
0: no maybe we should just go on vacation more
1: (laughs) uh no but then
0: they they after that we came back and they seemed to be getting along Hmm. um So, yeah, I was thinking, oh, man, did we have a breakthrough? But then I don't think so. I think it's just like (laughs) vacation high high and coming back. Um, But so that was one part. And, you know, I took a picture of them. They were on like a ski lift, like a little picture ski lift, like that they can just sit. And they were like hella happy. And I was just like, oh, yeah. I was like, man, usually on, when I, when I post about my kids, like I'm usually saying something snarky or yeah. making a joke, but it was like, no, man, this one was, it was really like nice to be able to have, to be able to provide, um, moments yeah. like this with the family. Yeah. Right. Um. I wasn't, I didn't really grow up in a situation where we could do vacations like this, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, in some ways, I'm not even really sure if I grew up thinking like, oh, man, when 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 I become an adult and I have the means, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was really top of my mind, but... Yeah, after seeing how well they, they kind of played mm-hmm. and how much fun they had, especially now that Ellis is a little bit older and he's got his own personality now, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really nice um, to have that moment, to be able to you know give these kids th- those experiences. And I was like, oh, man, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, we get to play Mario Kart together now. So, pretty fun. You yeah. were playing Animal Crossing with Ginny
1: earlier. I so was.
0: You might even play again tomorrow when she <laughs> tries to ping you.
1: <laughs> I have. I have. Uh, she's been only playing for a month. I, I downloaded it since it first came out on. You know, this is Animal Crossing Pocket Camp. She has a full garden, and I only have one flower. So. <laughs> I think I need to
0: she's on the iPad a lot though bro, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's cool. I'm glad that they that that experience kind of like outside of their norm, yeah showed showed a different side of them, yeah, yeah, um which essentially is what you're hoping to see like when you put there's there's experiences and cool pictures and all that stuff, but essentially it's like No pictures around, no Instagram, no camera phones, no phone, no pictures, no cameras in general. Yeah. When you go on vacation, there's supposed to be that kind of like whole new experience or different kind of experience. Yeah. I didn't even
0: post a video of like Ginny on ice skates, Mm -hmm. right? Like she went for the first time and then the next day she went, she went on skates for the first time. Her second day, she was just like, cool, just leave me. We got to take her back now ice skating. And she's already in, like, gymnastics and ballet. We're like, you're going to have to pick one if you really like it. Hmm. Figure skater, dancer, gymnast.
1: All expensive. Yes. It's, oh, at least all of those... All those activities seem to kind of complement each other. For
0: sure. Yeah. For sure. What about you?
1: Last time I talked about... A jar throwing incident. Yeah. And so he's still a 3 and still de- dealing with his anger and still showing those signs of like he gets it, but at the same time he's just trying to get out his anger and trying to get out his emotions and, you know, like mid being angry, having his hand ready to hit and then like stopping and then still hitting, you oh. know. So it's kind of like. You could tell he's processing, but he still does it. And then also not hitting as hard, but still hitting enough. Like this morning, it happened twice. It hit me in the face. Um, But with that, we um, have tried to implement some more mindfulness with him for bedtime routine. After we're done reading, I ask him like four or five main questions. One, what made you happy today? Or what was fun? Two. What made you sad? Three. What made you mad? Um, and then kind of talk a little bit about how what made him mad, and like if he, how he handled it, and if it was well, or things that you know he'd work on, and then I ask him what's something that mommy did that made you happy, or something that daddy did that made you happy.
0: That's hella questions, dude.
1: It is. but <laughs> it, it he answers all of them, um, and he gets That's it. That's great. And this is this is us lying down in bed. I think two out of the, say, six or seven times we've done it, or maybe three, He's when I get to the question of what did Daddy do to make you happy today, and he's just like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I thought he fell asleep. Or
1: nothing. <laughs> I'm, like, Ugh, whatever. I'm like, well, Malcolm, if that's how you feel, that's fine. And then oh. you went out and cried. Yeah, you went out and cried and cried. And listen to It's okay if you cry. Uh, it out. I know. It is Yeah, yeah. It's Thanks. totally fine. Totally fine. Listen to um seduction <laughs> um Comforter. <laughs> it's even a bad song as a dad. Um and oh the other question <laughs> the other question is and it's interesting because he's at he asks for it, and this mm-hmm. is where more of the mindfulness part is, is that I was trying to figure out a way for him to close his eyes and and be mindful about different feelings, like physical feelings. So I'm like, M- Malcolm, close your eyes and pretend you're a bird. What do you feel? Do you feel the wind in your wings? Do you feel the sun on your back? Do you feel the heat from the sun? Do you feel the cold water when you're in the water or the cold from the water. And then he would do that to me. Like he would say, yeah, you're a crocodile. And then do you feel that? So we've been doing that also. And now he actually asked for it. Oh, yeah. Nice. Like he, he like, he, for he, if I say, if I forget it, if I try to rush out and not do my part, he says, wait, no, your part. What about you? And so, you know, it's three and a half mindfulness. What What is it? But it's a, uh, interesting that he he's, he calls for it. Like he's yeah. As a routine he asks for it.
0: Man, sometimes when I ask Ginny questions and Ellis questions at night when they sleep I'm like, okay, what'd you have for lunch? Like it was just like checking in. Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh, what'd you have for lunch? Or, you know, what did Mrs. Chang teach? teacher, like what did, what was one thing that you learned, to, you know, like learned yeah. today? So I wanted to get her to try to remember it. I try to ask Ellis too, like, Ellis, what'd you have for lunch today? And he's like, <laughs> chicken and rice. Like, okay. Or like, spaghetti and bread. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I like that. I think right. I might right. try and change my questions to be like something simple and then yeah. something a little bit more thoughtful. Yeah. So that's pretty cool.
1: Thanks for listening to the Papa Culture Podcast. Remember to add us on any of the socials. If you have questions, hit us up there. You can email us at popaculturepod at gmail.com. If you have any ideas for topics or want to talk to us, let us know. Remember to check out our videos on YouTube. We'll be putting out more frequent ones. And share our podcast with your friends and fam. If you haven't, go to iTunes, leave a review. That would be really helpful so that others can hear about the podcast. And so for Anton, this is John. Thanks for listening. Peace.